gosh, I, I forgot I even had that in my pack. Yeah, that's the craziest part, man. I, if Joe flicked my ear, I'd probably conk him in the forehead. Welcome back to Kafaro Cast, everyone. I have David D. Austin across from me or from to the side of me, and we have a very special guest, one of our favorite mates from across the pond, the mad scientist, Mr. G from Spartan Precision. Well, wonderful to be here, guys. It's been a long time, man. We haven't seen you in what? It's, what has it been since the last time we were here? A year and a half, two uh, years at almost? At least two years, I would say. Oh, I mean, the dreaded, the dreaded COVID stuffed me, really. It, it weren't allowed to travel, so... Uh, we could talk about that for a long time, but we're probably <laughs> bore everybody. Yeah. And I, anyway, I ended up having to take the vaccinations. Not that I agree with it, but uh, you know, without that, I can't travel. And um, there we are. But I've taken them. I've had the contraceptive. And now they're still <laughs> locking us down. The yeah. show must go on. Yeah. 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 I think we had plans for you to stop by last year and then uh, COVID struck and it threw a wrench in the whole thing. You were, you were planning on doing like a big tour across america or something weren't you absolutely so i'm doing a mini tour now yeah. and meet my favorite people quickly and then i'll come back early in the new year as long as sanity still prevails and uh be back to do some more stuff yeah for sure yeah mr g's got a a table full of some top secret some not so top secret items that he's been working on and we're excited to, to talk about it and get into it um if you're not familiar with mr g he is the owner of Spartan Precision, and uh, yeah, give us a little breakdown of what you do and what if, uh, if people aren't familiar with the yeah, brand. Yeah, certainly. So basically, from my perspective, I come from very much from a hunting background, climbing background. Uh, some of the other guys are much more military law enforcement backgrounds, but we make modular shooting support systems. So that's first and foremost what we've done, basically products designed by shooters for shooters, which will also carry your optics. Um, in the olden days, you know, some of those things didn't work as well as we would like, but we fine-tuned them now. Um, and really, the business grew around the hunting side of things, and the U.S. has been fantastic for us. We've got a lot of friends and a lot of great people really supporting what we do over here. You guys have a lot of guns. We don't in the U.K., so it's really where we <laughs> need to be. Um, and more recently, over the last two years, we've done much more for the military and police. But not regular units because we're just not big enough to handle that kind of demand yet. So we work a lot with the SF units and yeah, it's working well. They like what we do. It's a uh, modular systems. I sort of call it Lego really. And you build the system to meet your application and you've been using the stuff for a wee while, Frank, and uh, fed back a lot of stuff. So we keep on just fine tuning things and trying to make them right. Yeah, it's big, been exciting watching your company grow because I think I met you at um, maybe Sheep Show five years ago, maybe. That would be right. And, and that's when you're kind of just taking off. And I see a lot of similarities between your company and, and Kafaro to where, you know, it started off as a, a small niche type company and you, you grow and you want to keep making uh, gear to be the best of, of what you can offer. So um, I think one of the last times you were here, you said, it's not the best for everything, but it's the best at some things. And now I'm seeing from all the new gear you have on the table here, you're really going after bringing the best products to the market that you can offer. So um, yeah, it's really exciting to watch that growth. And it's you guys, how, how big is the company now? How, how much have you guys grown in the last oh, few years? We've, uh, I'd say this year will grow by another 70%. And really, I don't want to grow any more than that because we'd blow up trying to keep up. 
And I mean, if if I was 25 or 35, I'd have a very different view on things. But at the tender age of 57, or my 58th year, my drive is very different from probably normal business people. I'm a big outdoors person. I want to be out playing all the time. My knees and hips still work and I can actually see things. So um, I just want to make great gear. And I'd be the first to say we don't always get that right. Indeed, we've had plenty of epic screw-ups along the journey. But I think we've had such a following where people see where we're going and what we're trying to achieve. That's been a great sort of, oh, what's the word I'd use? Sort of influence for us, really, to make the stuff as good as we can. And if I could make it any better, I would. But um, I'm really happy with what we're doing now. I'm really happy with the products that we've got currently on the market. I think they're sort of where we wanted to be a long time ago. It's the same with you guys and your packs. You you constantly looking to fine tune things. Um, and when you've got thousands of field testers out there and a few of them come back and say, have you thought about this? You think, well, you'd be pretty arrogant not to listen. So that's, we grow that way. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, that's very important to, to take the feedback from your customers and, and your field testers and, and put that into the next evolution of the product. And that's, that's exactly right. That's, that's stuff that we do all the time. You know, we might hear some, some minute detail or something big, and then we'll, we'll talk to Aaron and, and Eric and the d- design team. I mean, we kind of all work on the design team here with that. And, um, yeah, it's, ex- it's exactly right. And that's kind of what's needed to, to evolve the product into the next be- best iteration that you can offer. And something else that I think we share with Kifaru that probably isn't shared with many other companies, not certainly bigger companies, is you actually are out using your gear in a real environment. And that's very much the same for us. I mean, you know, I might have not been able to travel to the States um, in the last two years, but it certainly hasn't stopped me escaping to places. And I had I had a couple of weeks in Tajikistan at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I saw that. Minus 26, your gear. You know, I always take my Kifaru stuff. I mean, that Kifaru day pack I've got goes everywhere with me. Um, Dana actually gave me another one. I've never even bothered using it because that thing just doesn't. (laughs) My missus washes it and everything, and it still just hangs. It just keeps on going. Why won't you die? (laughs) (laughs) So it's a bomb-proof little pack. And the same, you know, that those kind of environments are brilliant to test equipment properly. Um, and I'm preaching to converted. You guys know that as well as I do. But before we put something to market, we want to make sure everything's working and functioning. And if it does fail, you can field service it. Again, that's a very, very important thing that's often overlooked with other companies when they're not actually testing it. So when you've got your senior staff members actually out there living and breathing, doing these things, you, you haven't got the accountants driving you and saying, oh, we could save a few dollars here and do this. And like, no. It's off. Not interested in that. This is not, this is, I want to make great gear. And it's the same ethos for you guys. And uh, hence, I think that's why the relationship's so strong here. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that completely. And yeah, it, it's, we love, I love keeping track of your uh, social media and just seeing how passionate you are about being out there in the field and, and testing your gear. And you're doing all kinds of crazy stuff like jumping in ice cold water naked with your buddies <laughs> yeah. 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 What, were, what were some of your what were some of your adventures this, in the last couple of years it's so it seems like you've been all over the place um, making the best of of uh of covid you know there's a lot of restrictions out there but it looks like you were you've been out caribou hunting oh as yeah well, yeah all kinds it's, of stuff. it's it's i'm not going to say it's um uh covid has made it a little bit of a challenge to get from a to b to c kind of thing but we've just returned from an epic adventure in greenland and i mean 
that was epic. I'm not going to, I'm going to be honest. I say it's epic because of the environment. And if you've got it wrong there, it's seriously wrong. Mm. And, and yeah, we did go for a little swim, um, which was which was pretty cool. I was shitting myself about that. I thought, 50 this is a cardiac time. Here you go, Gearing. Leave my missy said, you, you shouldn't do that kind of thing. But apparently it's good to freeze yourself now and again. <laughs> I wouldn't rush to do it again. But, um, but the scenery out there, spectacular. The people that we did meet, that wonderful people. I mean, you're talking about a population that's 55,000 people for a huge landmass like that. So when you do get out into the hunting environment, you're not going to see anybody. You know, and we got, we hired this little boat, uh, an old icebreaker that was older than me, 1963, made oh. in oak. The captain of that ship was super chilled. You know, there was just a good chemistry. We had some really interesting characters there. I had Yucca from Sacco there, uh, Will O'Mara, uh, who's a great friend of ours from Ireland. Um, and they all they all test the gear as well. So there was very very good chemistry. Um, a real adventure. From the hunting aspect, I'm not going to say I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't say it's the most challenging place. I think for me, I'd go back with a bow because I'm not good with a bow. But those that that's one place I think I could comfortably get within uh, 25 yards of an animal, mm. and it, it would be a great place to do that kind of thing. So from the hunting aspect, I mean, I'm very much a meat eater. You know, the trophy, I don't mind trophies. I don't have anything against it. It's a memory on a wall, but I'm really hunting for the meat. That's, that's my passion. I don't want to eat, I don't want to eat crappy food anymore, you know, I, and at my tender age, you have to look after yourself. So I want, if I'm going to put something in my gob, uh, I want it right. And if I can eat a bit of wild caribou, then why the hell not? Fishing out there as well. I mean, I've, the only time I've been to Greenland before was in March. And we were climbing and we were on the East Coast and we did, uh, I think, seven first ascents. So it was a very interesting thing for me to go back this time of year when it's, there is actually some green. Because when we were in March, it was just abstract silence with no wildlife whatsoever. The only thing you're going to run over on the East Coast is a polar bear. And it's probably the last thing you're going to run into because mm. if you're climbing, you're not exactly prepared for that kind of thing. Although they do insist you take a rifle with you. Um, but... If you're climbing, you're not. There's no way you're going to stick a rifle. So it stayed in the camp. Mm. Yeah, just had <laughs> just had better running shoes on than my friend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so we did that. Um, and as I say, before, uh, earlier in the year, Tajikistan, and then I've done a few military bits and pieces. So I've met some pretty interesting people on that aspect, designing the products at, on the desk at the moment. Um, so yeah, I've been busy. I've been busy inventing, playing, and. Um, if I'm honest, the business is sort of outgrowing me as a sort of general manager. It's run by Hannah now, Hannah Gibson, who's an international uh, clay shot, and she's very good at sport and she's very good at business. And she's really tightened the ship up a little bit and brought some sanity to the business. So I'm the mad professor inventor that comes mm -hmm. in now and again. And I overdose them if I go in there too much. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, it sounds very similar to uh, when Aaron comes in the office and he says the same thing. He's like, you know, he, he hired this awesome team that we have that works here and um, he says that he comes in here and he screws stuff up. But I don't really necessarily feel that way, but that's funny, the sim similarities that we have between the two companies. It, it's, it's a passion and I think, I think with anything like that, it's in, in those formative years, you've got to have a, a sort of happy medium between those and that balance is not an easy thing to do. And some people just don't want to let that control go. And I'm sort of, I might be a kid at heart, but I'm wise enough to think these people are better than me at what they're doing. Let me 
concentrate on the on the minuscule bit that I can do, and that's the invent that's creative bit. And Coffin Rob does the same from the military side. We all have some productive discussions and arguments, and uh, hopefully, some good things fall out of that. Yeah, I think it definitely takes a good amount of humility to realize that there are people that will be better than you at certain things, but that's what it takes to make it to that next level. I think that nothing of any notable value has ever been done, probably history by just one person there are very few amounts of things like that so it does it definitely takes a, a huge team or sometimes a smaller team to to get these to make it to that next that next I spot 100 percent agree with that and you've got to leave the arrogance and the ego in the box mm-hmm. yeah and uh, if you want to get on you've got to be prepared to listen to others so we all clean the toilets at spartan we all do you know everybody mixes in and mucks in and does things and when we have a meeting it's like a family hug you know it, it's everybody's around that table and we it could be the the lady sort of gluing the pods together that comes up with the next brilliant idea. You know, why not have them around the table? And indeed, that's happened. I can think of some examples. So it's sometimes good when you've got somebody from a different background saying, well, have you thought about this? And you think, oh, yeah, actually, that's not, that's not stupid at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll take that idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. So, no, we've been busy. We've been busy and it's, it's, we've listened a lot to you guys as well. So, I mean, basically the Spartan, we make, we make four tripods, sorry, three tripods effectively, actually. We make the Sentinel system, which is what we started with, mm-hmm. which is a, it's a very simple system. It's like a tripod. I tend to use it on two legs all the time, but it won't do much of what a conventional tripod do, does because it's very simple. It's a shooting platform. So if you were glassing on the side of a mountain, for example, it's not what I would recommend. So then we listened particularly to the Americans and, and some of the Scandinavians and the guys in New Zealand and said, well, we need to make a proper tripod. But for me, I had a personal challenge with that because a tripod for me is an expense. It's a heavy bit of real estate I've got to carry on my rifle. So I wanted to try and melt that together with that Spartan culture of, well, I'm going to use my trekking poles. I'm going to make the head. Um, what else can I do? The central column becomes a toolbox. So if, you, if you're using a bow or you've got optics, at least you've got some bits in there that you might be able to utilize. Um, and then add a couple of trekking pole handles, add some snowshoes. Now I've got two trekking poles. I've got a tripod system. The, the ascent has just been voted by Country Mile, the best hunting tripod by a big Swedish publication. So in Scandinavia, it sort of hit, hit ground a bit earlier there than it did here because of COVID. They're absolutely loving it. We still didn't get everything right because we made one leg trying to meet everybody's needs. It just doesn't work. It's like making a pair of shoes in size six and you've got to chop your toes off to fit in them. So we've come to the conclusion now and we've done it. We've made a mountain leg, a little short stubby leg. So if you're a mountain hunter or a short guy, I can get away using the mountain legs for pretty much everything. And then we've got a high leg, a long leg. So if you're eight foot tall Viking, we've got an answer or you'd go for the, for the mini leg. And then the, the other big advantage with the ascent over conventional systems is I can put three little tack legs on that and I've got a mini shooting platform and it's epic. I mean, to shoot in the mountain environment on three legs and a ball joint on the top compared to a bipod, I don't need to tell anybody really, it's, it brings obvious advantages because your angle of attack can change, it's increased greatly. It just gives you so many more options and it's quick to use. Um, and then we've got uh, a new bino uh, support and uh, a spotting scope support. And we've coming out with a new Davros Pro head 
which we're very excited about. So we're not going to be everybody's fix. Again, to a certain extent, we're still a little bit of a 308. It'll do everything reasonably well. But if you really wanted to nail down, there's probably something that would do it better if you were very specific and anal about a particular product or application. But pretty much with all the sweets on the table, you'll you'll probably hit most taste buds. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. And just the the versatility of, uh, I mean, just like you said, you can interchange the legs if you want to, if you want a longer tripod or a shorter tripod or even an extremely short tripod for photography like Dave was just saying. And you kind of showed us a system that you might talk about later um, that works great for shooting off of that's a a shorter system as well. But um, yeah, when people have asked me in the past about the Spartan stuff, um, I always say that pretty hard to be the Spartan stuff for, especially for run and gun style of hunting, because you can pop on your, your bipod when you need it. And then if you don't need the bipod right at that second, you want to go with the long legs, you can pop that on with the, the Sentinel system. And then now the ascent system and, and the even later time. But yeah, I think, I think it's pretty hard to beat the Spartan system for a run and gun style of hunting. And then now it seems like uh, to me, like after the even, even wider range of, uh, Exactly right. I mean, it's become a lot more specialist now because it's not one tool that does everything. It's, it's as I say, three, three tripod heads, the Sentinel, the Ascent, and coming out next year, we're doing it for the military at the moment, is the Hercules. So that's going into the French SF at the moment. Um, and there's a couple of other SF units, and that is our big heavyweight tripod. Now, if you're in the back of a truck and weight's not an issue, or you've got a boat, or you've got mechanism, obviously... A big heavy tripod, it's not heavy actually, but it's much bigger, um, is going to bring advantages because it's more stable. So it's, it's, you pick your poison really. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that uh, shooting off a tripod has been popular with competitive shooting for quite a while and not necessarily hunting, but I think a lot of hunters are now starting to see that benefit like you're talking about of shooting off of a tripod compared to a bipod. So I, I started doing it um, when you uh, hooked us up with the Sentinel bipods. Yeah. And I mean, shooting off a tripod, extremely helpful, especially if you're, if you're seated or standing. Well, for a start, it's an instant support for the platform and you can leave it roughly in the right direction of where you think something's going to pop out. That saves you seconds, doesn't it? Um, the other advantage with our system is you add a couple of ankle joints to the feet and you can turn it into a quad system. Or indeed, the military lads now, it's a pent system, so you can actually set up a mobile shooting bench. You have a rear cradle to support the back of the rifle, and then you have your magnetic attachment at the front. I mean, it's, it's, you're drilling holes. Mm-hmm. Now, would I use it for hunting? Not me personally, but I had an email from a guy um, last week. He shot three elk, one at 856 yards off that system. And then his missus had shot one at 500 and something, and then his mate shot one, and he videoed that at 700. I mean, they're just whacking and stacking and accurately shooting off that platform. So it's got its place. It's got its place, I guess, if you were gopher shooting or something and you didn't want to carry a bench out to the desert, you could do this, and it all weighs less than a few pounds. So it's, you build it. Yeah, it's a pretty cool setup. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's... Uh like our designer was saying the other day on, on the podcast we had him on, you know, gear, gear theoretically should, should make your hunt more enjoyable, your time out in the outdoors more enjoyable and kind of disappear in the background so you can enjoy the experience overall. And I, I think I, I saw that recently. I went out hunting with my dad and he had a, an old pair of shooting sticks and he was having really a really hard time keeping the rifle set. So we set him up on a, on a Sentinel 
and put the uh the adapter on his uh sling swivel and he was like dude what is this this thing yeah. is insane yeah yeah he's uh he's in his 70s now so it's, it's it's not as easy for him to shoot like he used to so i think it's something that it made the gear more useful for him or that and made the experience more more enjoyable and and you're going to add one point to that as well is the fact that you can shoot more accurately you know you you're more likely to get an ethical kill mm -hmm. you know if you can get your platform all stable and the biggest challenge it's all right spending blowing ten thousand dollars on a rifle and eight thousand dollars on an optic but the soft bit of tissue that holds the holds the gear has got to be stable otherwise mm -hmm. it's a complete misnomer so putting putting these kind of accessories into the into the game plan i think is pretty huge and, and another advantage with shooting off carbon compared to metal and it, you don't have to buy the spartan system for that there's a lot of good companies out there making very good carbon tripods and bipods i'm sure but shooting off carbon it's a bit like putting suspension on your car you know recoil management off carbon it's uniform it goes through and you know, metal can transmit all sorts of uncertainties and we've done a lot of videoing with that and I wouldn't go back to shooting off a metal leg. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know anything about that, did you? Well, happy accident for us because I'd love to say it was part of our genius and part of our game plan, but it wasn't. <laughs> it was just, we said, well, hang on a minute. Look, we came up where we did some stuff in Sweden um, a few years back and we had some GRS stocks, some heavyweight rifles, and we had some metal bipods there. Good, good gear. I mean, nice. And, then we had a little javelin bipod, and the javelin is not a range bipod. I'd be the first to say that. It's a tool you use in the mountains, or it's a quick and dirty. But everybody got a more accurate result off the javelin bipod than they did the metal bipod. And for the sheer reason, it's just recoil management. Mm. And yet that is not a, it's not a heavyweight bipod. So it was an interesting learning curve for me on that one as well. So what... Walk us through your design process. What, is, what does it take to, from start to finish? How long do you go through testing? Um, oh, basically from, from beginning to end. We've blown up a lot of things getting it wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah. so, so finding the right carbon was, has always been quite a challenge, and we're very happy with what we've got now. Um, and depending on the product is how many layers of carbon we use. But um, we machine every single part. Still, I think personally that's a bit of a mistake because that obviously adds a lot of expense. It, you know, I really think we're at a level now where we should say, well, we could cast the foot because the foot to me on the foot on the bipod on the trekking pole is a little aluminium foot that screws in. It's a replaceable item with a tungsten carbide tip. Well, we're probably paying three bucks for each one of those. Mm -hmm. Whereas if we looked at casting that, you know, I think, well, we could do that. And it's, it's a product like that. We're not going to lose any strength or any, any disadvantage. So there's a little bit of growing up there that needs to be done. Um, all of the design is in-house. Um, some passionate madness goes on. And I mean, I'm not kidding you. When we came back from the French sniper um, uh, meeting and they said, will you design us a tripod? We went out two bottles of Pomerel red wine <laughs> and a nice bit of French beef. Um, and the back of our um, menu, we drew it up. And it was one of those happy accidents after the red wine as well. We thought, ah, this, this works. This system works. And it wasn't perfect, but we were 95% there and we've done some fine tuning. And now that system will work with an Arca Swiss or our own magnetic spigot. The French are using the Arca Swiss on those big heavy sniper rifles. So we had to build something around that as well. 
And it was actually more of a challenge to build an adapter that we were happy with to work with the Arca Swiss that was strong enough to manage a 50 cal um, than the tripod. Really happy with the design and such like, and a lot of that's filtered down through the system. Um, but the only thing on the table that you'll see there that is not machined is the moulded handle, right? And again, they used to cost us serious money because they were always machined, and now it's a plastic handle. So we thought we spanked three thousand dollars on a mould, which is sounds like not a lot of money, but when you're a little company, it is a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But it means we can now knock those handles out for sensible money. So it's, it's part of the growing up process. So did you, do you want to talk anything specifically about what you, what you have on the table here? Or yeah, I can, I can run you through anything in particular. I mean, I've got an Ascent tripod in my hand. So for anybody that doesn't know it, it's, the body looks like a conventional tripod. Um, it's designed to use, be used with gloved hands, so when you pull the locks out, they'll stay out until you choose to put them back in again. Um, all three pods are threaded, M14 threads. Everything we use is M14. So then I can screw into that um, one of my legs. I'm just doing it here for the sake. So I can screw in either a long leg or a short leg. Um, so that once you've got that, we call it the heart of the unit, the ascent, you can do pretty much anything you like with it. So I shoot off this on three little legs, use it as a little bipod. It's great for that. Um, in the center, the carbon fiber extending column, if I remove that, um, you unscrew it and you'll see there's a little threaded hole, uh, hole at the bottom. And then if I take the back side out of that unit, this is my climbing background, really. It's just sort of, I want more tools for less. It's my little toolbox. Oh, so then, awesome. I can, then I can use that. So if I'm out bow hunting or my optics, blah, 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 I've got an instant little toolbox, um, which I think is quite a, quite a good little idea because it's just a redundant bit of space. You know, yeah. You're not using it for anything. So that's my extender column. Now, my challenge with that is because it's a little carbon fiber toolbox, it's only about five inches long. Um, so we're looking to introduce a longer one. And I've made, because if you're obviously sheep hunting or whatever, you might need, you're, you're no better than me on this, Frank, when you're doing your coyotes and such like, you probably want more lift. Mm-hmm. So what we've done now is we've got a unit that will screw into the back of the toolbox, just like so, and then give you a much higher central column. The challenge with that, is I don't want that long column all the time because if I'm going to be using that mini tripod to shoot off, I want that as short as I can possibly get away with. But we're giving you, the customer or the user, the choice. Mm-hmm. So I say, well, I'm not going to be doing that. I can fit that or this. So those, that's our mindset. So I think I, if I had to pick something I'm most proud of, um, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm in love with our little javelin bipods. We sell thousands of them. Don't take my word for it. You just read the feedback. People love them. You know, it's, I guess it's a bit like Marmite, you know. Do you have Marmite over here? <laughs> no. Right, no, okay. No. Um, what's, uh, what's the other stuff? Bovril, do you have that? No. It's like a thick gravy stuff. And we say in the UK, <laughs> you either love it or hate it. You don't know, get someone to say, I'm indifferent to Marmite. Anyway, so it's a joke lost over here, but it's horrible thick gravy juice. And guess what? I don't really like it, but I will tolerate it. But you make gravy out of it. So this is, this product is really, uh, sorry, the javelin is very much a Marmite thing. You either want a bipod on your rifle, in which case a javelin is not going to be for you, or if you're like me, and I argue this all the time, I can put that javelin 
on that rifle quicker than you can probably drop two legs. And I'm not quick at it. It's just I've got used to doing it. So it's a very fast, versatile little tool. And it's a game changer when you want speed. And speed's everything in a hunting environment. But next to that, this little Ascent tripod, I'm really, really proud of it. It's a team effort, but I think we've really got it right with this product. It's lightweight. It's so multi-usable. We even make a tent that uses this yeah. as the frame. Um, the tent, the first ones were a bit of a challenge, and we didn't use the right materials, just like all these things, but we've got a really good breathable membrane now, and I've even cut a little hole in the floor so there's a little wee zip so, so if you male, got a glory hole. yeah, exactly. If you're male out there, you don't even need to get out of your tent. And when you're 57, honestly, you don't want to be freezing your nuts off and getting out every five minutes for a piss. So, unzipping the, the wee zip is uh, for me that was quite an important little invention. Really happy with that. But it's I'm not saying the tent's the best tent on the planet, but it's if you if you adopt this policy of the Lego kit, you can utilize that. And I wouldn't use that tent every time. It's not perfect for everything, but it's just. It's another option. We're providing the users with those choices that up until now, they, oh, I'm going to buy a tripod. Well, guess what? It's a tripod. I can only use it on three legs. I so very rarely use a tripod in that environment. I mean, even the ascent, I will lock two legs out in front. I, in essence, become the third leg. That, for speed, is really, really good. And you're 90% as stable like that as you are with a conventional tripod. You just use your body. I sit my ass on the ground get my legs up in the air, put my elbows on my um, knees, tuck myself into a nice little ball, and that's, that's an epic little Rock tool. solid. Yeah, yeah rock solid mm -hmm. and fast. And you twist it, you invert it, and then you can shoot uphill. It's, it's a very clever bit of setup, actually. Yeah, I think uh, what's got me pretty intrigued is, is the short legs. Yeah. Uh, so those ones on the far end of the if table. You right? haven't, if you haven't tried this, Frank, putting those on that system, Right, and then you just, look, I'll just demo to you. So, I mean, you get that flat, you pop it on the ground, you pop your rifle on, why wouldn't you do mm -hmm. that? And then the secret to working this well is to have two legs back to you, so your recoil management's like that. And then the, obviously the uh, screwdriver kit goes in, you stick the Davros on the top and you're away. Yeah. And it's light, it's, it's, there's no weight to this thing. Yeah, and especially with the head. Are you able to talk about the new head there? Yeah, yeah. That, so this, this is, we, we make two Davroses. We make a Davros Pro and the conventional Davros. Now, for my type of shooting and the kind of thing I do, I'm very happy with the utility one. You know, it looks like a little mini grenade, really, I guess, mm -hmm. if I was describing that. And I love this tool because it's so versatile. Um, but I don't spend hours on the mountainside glassing, and I'm not using a big heavy optic, and I'm not doing camera work. Now, if I was doing that, clearly that little Davros has got its limitations. Um, so what we've done is we've said, right, okay, we need a proper, and if I describe this, it's, I guess you're the camera world, David, what would you call that head? I'd call it a ball head. A ball head. So it's a ball head with several little locks. It's got a clutch adjustment on the side, um, and this one's actually got an arc rail on the top. When they come out in 2022, at the beginning, or come out with our magnetic spigot, and the Arca rail. So you'll have the choice. You can run both. And what I've done with this, if you see, um, I've actually put on top of the Arca rail one of our magnetic attachment systems. So what advantage does that bring? It means you can run your optics, your camera, your spotting scope, and your rifle super fast on the same system. 
And unlike, you know, the little rabbit heads, you know, or um, uh, what do you call them? The hog saddles. This really does lock you down uh, because once you're in that magnetic play, uh, attachment, the rifle is not going to move forwards or backwards. It's locked in place and it's only you that's going to be the wobbly thing at the end. Mm. So real game changer when it came, comes to making long range shots. So I'm very excited to see where this takes us. <clears throat> yeah, I think in my opinion, that's, that's what was missing. So you know, I, that's, it's pretty hard or it's been kind of difficult to find a system that you can, first of all, glass all day off of, especially with the bigger spotters. You know, we're using 95 millimeter spotters. Yeah. Those things are heavy. So with the little utility head, it was a little bit difficult to you get won't, it to balance. You're never, you're never going to get the, uh, the brace you need on that because it was designed for shooting off. And for the big glass stuff, you need that, don't you? Yeah. So that's, that's got me pretty intrigued. Yeah. So that, that head with uh, probably the ascent system and then the, the shorter yeah. mountain legs, I think that is going to be perfect for an all-around system for glassing and then shooting off of and then you have the that you can just pop it on there quick attach so that's got me very intrigued i like that system a lot and again, that's gonna kill it over here and again mm -hmm. that's customer feedback it's sort of a lot of people are asking for this little thing indeed people are so desperate they started making their own ones and i said guys you know people have got per they've already invested in expensive tripods we're not trying to conquer the world nor can we we're just not big enough but if we provide them that little sweet on the top there, you know, they've got to have a gunsmith or an adapter on their rifle. They probably need bipods and bits and pieces. So if you've got a really good tripod, you do not need to buy our tripod. If you're happy with it, you can run that system and you'd be good to go. Now, clearly, I'd love to sell you a tripod, but it's just, it's quite specialist gear. Would you agree? Yeah. What we've, we're going at now. And I mean, if you're shooting out the back of a truck, well, not that you're allowed to. That's one thing we can do in the UK that you guys can't. <laughs> Unless you're in Texas. Yeah, that, that <laughs> moderators or silencers or cans, as you call them, about the, two, the only two things we're probably moving a little bit further ahead than you guys, but everything else, forget it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but if, yeah, if I'm in the back of a truck or whenever weight's not an issue and I don't need trekking poles and things, then, and you're happy shooting off three legs, then why not? Conventional tripods are absolutely fine. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited for you. That's, uh, that, this is crazy popular over here. So when is this stuff all going to be available? So we hope, subject to the dreaded COVID, that, and, uh, and dear old Biden doesn't lock us in our little shoebox again, um, we're going to be at <laughs> SHOT Show, and we've got a couple of other shows I'm hoping that we're going to do, and I'll be back out in January, and I think Hannah wants to release that new Davros then. Um, yeah, so... Davros, I mean, everything else pretty much on the table is all there and, and ready to go. So, uh, mm -hmm. and it's the Ascent uh, tripod we've been selling last year and it's, it's proving very, very popular. The one thing, as I say, is we've just changed the leg lengths now to a little mountain leg and a long leg. And uh, mm -hmm. again, customer feedback, because we weren't keeping anybody happy going, well, my leg's too, too long to put in my pack or it's too short. And so, yeah. That, that mountain system, I think, is going to kill it for what? hunting that's going to be perfect for backpack hunting i can see that working really and the whole thing probably weighs in at less than four pounds you know it'll be three and a half pounds so it's it's not it's i, I could tell you in kilos but the conversion will confuse me hmm. i can only understand kilos when it comes to cocaine so. yeah <laughs> I'm just I'm just so uh so dave's in here dave's our uh, photographer and videographer um and so you also aside from the Spartan Precision stuff, your daughter works. Yeah, so what my daughter's done is she's launched another company. It's all off her own back. Uh, she's quite a bright girl, and she's uh, come out of university and said, Dad, I, I'm loving what you're doing here, but there's a camera market here. And I said, well, yeah, well, let them know. And she said, no, no, it doesn't work like that. 
people that shoot things with cameras don't necessarily like people shooting things with, and she's a bit more of that side. So she has done a bit of hunting, but she's not like my oldest daughter that absolutely shot, shoots loads of deer, but she just eats everything. Um, so she's launched Gearing Co. Um, under a different brand, and it's very much going towards the outdoor adventure photographer, bird spotter market. And it's, it's uh, an embryonic business. Most of the products you see here are very similar. There's some subtle changes. I mean, we did, we did, launch, we did launch the initial camera product with our magnetic attachment system but there, and all sorts of things going on there, but there were too many drugs in the box. You know, and I said, well, you don't know whether you're snorting cocaine or injecting something. Or blah, blah. It's just too much going on in here. And it's like, so we've, and people refer to it as the James Bond box. It's a sexy box. I mean, you open it up, it's got everything in there. But the problem is, I, what I like to say is I think we're pretty good at making stuff. We're dog poo at telling people how systems work. And we've got to get better and we've got to grow up a bit there. And we've got some good people on board now that are actually writing things down and saying, well, this is how this works and this is how it engages with that. You can work it out, but sometimes you need a little bit of a helping hand. I mean, sold one of those ascent systems to uh, a guy in the States. He said, oh, I love the system, blah, 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 blah. And I said, well, what do you think of the central column? And he said, well, it's the central. No, it's a tool. And he could, <laughs> it's a toolbox, he, he yeah. Didn't know. We've even sold systems and people didn't know the legs unscrewed and became your trekking pole. So that's our failing. That's not because not everybody mm. plays with stuff. They just pick it up and think of it as normal tripods. So I don't give ourselves many high points on that front, um, but we've got the right people in there to get us right on that. And I'm, I'm terrible at it. I do little videos and if people don't follow me or don't follow Spartan, they're not necessarily going to learn how these systems work, but we're getting better. But be patient out there, people. It takes time. And uh, we put all of our effort into producing really nice gear. And that's been our driver, really. Yeah. I don't, my driver is, and I say it to the team, I say, I don't want our piece of kit screwing somebody's hunt up. You know, mm -hmm. something else goes wrong. That's, that's okay. That's unfortunate. But I don't want it being our um, piece of equipment that lets somebody down. And I'm not going to lie, sometimes something will go wrong, but it's a rarity in our case because we try really hard to get it right. And that's our passion. Yeah. yeah. Same with your gear. Yeah, and I think people really appreciate that. And like I was saying earlier, like Eric said, uh, you know, the, the gear is something that you want to be able to rely on, but also it falls back into the background so you can enjoy that. Yeah. Logical yeah. thought process on, oh, I do that and that and this works. And yeah, I, I think that's crucial. It, it, designing good gear, it shouldn't be complex. It should be something that most people can work out pretty easily. But, and, and in our case, that is the case, but people miss opportunities because they don't see all of its potential. That's what I would add on that one. Right. And that's something I'm really impressed with is the modularity of it. Yeah. Um, coming from a photographer background, uh, photography background, um, hiking background, shooting background, you can use this for everything. Yeah. You could literally take the tripod up. You could film with it. You can glass with it. Um, you can shoot off it. You can also take one of the legs off, walk with it, right? Uh, you can also use it as a monopod, put your camera on there and film with that as well. So it's, it's really impressive modularity of all of this. Yeah. Well, coming from you, Dave, that means a lot because, as I say, my background shooting and climbing, but from a photography aspect you know we didn't have any real expertise on that but the feedback's been good initially and there's even a sink there's even a lens head that you can put on that one leg so okay rest rest a lens or a rifle mm -hmm. so i can show you that as well afterwards but 
yeah, I, I mean, pretty exciting times for us. Yeah, and it seems like um, the complexity of your products have have increased and grown with the, with the brand as well. Um, but the the quality and craftsmanship has not changed. It's 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 very clean, well designed products. Yeah, simple is our target. You know, and like the locks and things, we we spent a lot of time getting these where they need, where we felt we're looking at other tripods which might have other applications. Saying, well. Does this work well with a gloved hand? Does it not? You know, can I do that? Um, our legs, if I unscrew one of our legs, they're the simplest legs on the market by Country Mile for the simple reason that if you pull a tripod apart and we'll all have done it and a bit of plastic pings out and yeah, disappears. Yeah, you pop that piece of plastic yeah, out, you, you can't get it back in. There's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing to lose on these, yeah. right? That's a field serviceable leg. And unlike any other trekking pole out there, or certainly unlike any other trekking pole that I'm aware of, if you did happen to break a carbon leg here, well, just imagine, you just put the remaining bit back in, you lock it off, you've still got a serviceable leg. Well, for most people, that's probably not an issue. But if you go to places like I go to or you guys go to, having a trekking pole on a mountain environment is a serious, you know, that's a tool that could save your life. So I don't want to lose a trekking pole. Right, and if I do happen to break a leg, I still can make that a functional tool. Still works. So nothing to fall out, nothing to get lost. Really good componentry um, and simple. I love the versatility of that system. Yeah, I mean that a lot of the trekking poles we use, or at least the ones I use, they're 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 lightweight, yes, but they're super flimsy. So I know I can break one of those, and I. Have a pretty hard time. I've seen you hang off of this. Oh thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. We did, and, and, and we even. <laughs> Were you uh, naked again? No, no, always <laughs> naked. Yeah, I run around my life being naked. But, uh, it doesn't pay to advertise. Trust me, I'm still here. But um, no, the the whole thing about this, I've even set this because somebody said, "Well, what's the load on this tripod? What will it take?" And we said, "Well, uh, that will handle a lot." So I've hung off this tripod yeah, with I've my clothes on. <laughs> and we had a, a, we had a Sacco M10 on the top with a big old scope on it. I, I think all up, we were just, just under, just shy of 100 kilos. Now, I'm not saying do this at home, children, right? It's not designed for that. But I think, no, I'm going to bang this and hang upside down on this just to prove a point. And it worked. Um, it's not designed for that. It's designed <laughs> to shoot off and, and it works very, very well. But it's nice to know you can put it through that, the rigors of that, of me hanging off it clothed or unclothed and it still holds <laughs> and it still holds together yeah, yeah it's built it's tough gear that's that's what we're trying to do tough gear that's reliable and yeah you choose your application yeah you, you can't replace that confidence in the gear i mean <clears throat> another similarity i mean aaron aaron had uh one of the big guys from the warehouse a couple of years ago probably 260 270 on a on a frame hanging on the frame yeah. and it didn't break so yeah. yeah just having that confidence and showing your customer base the confidence having the gear it can't be beat. Yeah. Well, your, your stuff is on proof. And I mean, the thing I really love about Kifaru Pack Society is actually the frame so comfortable, right? And when you're older like me, you just want to eat. We carried a lot of caribou off from Greenland. And, uh, you know, it's just nice to have that pack just snugged on in there. And it's tight. You, you can carry so much more weight if the frame is right. Now, from a climbing perspective, a lot of the packs I've used in the past, you, don't, you make the sacrifice for the comfort because you want a light pack, but you can't carry a lot of gear in them comfortably. Um, whereas with your gear, that's epic. And I just like those pods. You know, I've got, you've kindly given us two of them, but the one that's just got the one bag that slips in there, 
That's fantastic. Yeah. Glad it's all working out for you, man. Yeah, you've been all over the place. Um, gonna change a little bit here. What? So I, what? You eat a lot of? Do you eat a lot of raw meat on on these hunts? I always, always see you cracking an egg or something on some raw meat and, uh, and I, eating some I'm, crazy stuff. I'm a big passionate fan of, of <laughs> if I can get away with eating it raw, I will do. Um, so obviously, don't try that with bear or anything that can possibly carry trichinosis. So I guess avoid pigs and such like. But any birds, I mean, when I get back, I'm off to the high Arctic to hunt Cape Cayley. Now, those old males, they really are a bit, yeah, if you cook them, you really know you're eating something that's an old male, a bit like eating one of us. But I'm mm. past the cell, or me, you, you guys are a bit younger than me. But um, the Cape Cayley, the males can be real tough, whereas if you eat them raw, and what I do, I just scrape the meat off, you take the worst parts of the meat, Scrape it off, mix it with a bit of onion and uh, raw egg. Put it on a bit of hot toast. Fantastic. And I mm. do that with pretty much everything these days. We were in Africa a few years ago. Um, it's one of the few bow hunts I've done. And uh, we were after Impala. And we had a couple of falcons chasing a guinea fowl. And this guinea fowl did a real good job at avoiding execution for about 15 minutes. But finally, the falcons got the guinea fowl and killed it right under the hide we were on sticks and I was with a female hunter and she said oh those things taste like crap and I said no 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 trust me we're going to have this because we the falcons we looked out the hide and the falcons flew off and they didn't come back and I said we're not going to waste that so we took the guinea fowl back to uh, camp and I just you the secret is to scrape the meat rather than mince it so you leave all the sinew behind and you just end up with the tissue and oh that thing was just fantastic yeah mm. Yeah, it's, it's a good way to eat. So I know I'm a big fan of that. I, I also like the dried meals. You know, there's, there's dried meals and dried meals. And um, yeah, the good ones are really up there now as well. And just for a weight purpose, they're, they're great. So I tend to carry a lot of those. But any time I can get my hands on some venison or bird, it'll often go in my gob raw rather than cooked. Or if it is cooked, it's very lightly done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember you'd uh, recommended you had a buddy or uh, some friends that were making some dried meals, but I don't think we can get them. No, it, real termat. They're good. Mm -hmm. um, I think you've got some pretty good stuff over here now as well, haven't mm -hmm. you? But uh, real termat do all the military stuff. Uh, I think the Swedes and Norwegians, it's expensive stuff, but it's, it's a proper meal, you know. And I, I struggle with some of those dehydrated packs because there's too many sugars in them. So they're cheating a little bit by putting the wrong stuff in there and saying, oh, we're giving you a high value and blah, blah, blah. And I'm better off eating a Snicker bar. Um, <laughs> and I'm not a sweet eater. That's the problem. So I need, I, and sometimes if I really want to do it simple, I just take a bag of rice, um, some salami and such like, a little bit of meat and some, or some lentils and things. And, but you don't need to carry a lot of food to go a long time. Or oh, that's in my experience because I'm just such a lightweight nut. I just think. If that hasn't got a real purpose, it ain't coming. Yeah. Well, you stay fit that way too. You're looking good. I, Mr. I G. try. I try. The hair hasn't grown back. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, 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 it becomes an increasing challenge as you get older for sure. But I, no, I do. I'm very lucky on the fitness front and touch wood, long may that continue. I enjoy being outdoors and that's, that's the driver for me. Yeah. Exciting to uh, keep track of you and follow along with all your all your adventures man you're always doing something crazy we have some fun we have some fun on the journey and that's what it's all about yeah
Well, cool, man. Yeah, it was, it was great having you. Where can people uh, check out the brand and also on your social media and keep track of not only the company, but you as well? So I have my own little Instagram called Spartan Mr. G, which I do lots of stupid things because the team got fed up with me doing stupid things on the Spartan gram. So I said, <laughs> well, I like doing stupid things. So that's that's my entertainment. And I quite enjoy that. And then obviously Spartan Precision Equipment. Um, there's an Instagram for that. We've got, we have set up a new one, Spartan Tack, uh, for the tactical stuff, but it's so difficult on the gram now yeah. that anything that even looks like a rifle, it sort of defeats the object, really. So I don't know whether we'll continue with that. We might just do it all through Spartan Precision Equipment. But yeah, um, both of those. And then there's a lot of companies that are selling our products in the, um, in the US. So you don't have to come and buy them off our website. I've just spent two days at Branded Rock Canyon. Uh, sort of three and a half hour drive yep. from you guys and that's a great place she stocks pretty much everything um so there's lots and lots of places and maybe one day we'll do some stuff with you yeah we're hoping yeah. so once yeah. we get to wyoming we'd like to bring in some of your products and get them, get them out to our customers as well so that'd it's, be awesome it's nice to work with good partners and it's also good for us because it means the products are in the u.s and it's easy people don't get frustrated waiting for it what shows are you going to be at? Are you going to be at the we're shoot gonna, show? We're or? going to do shot show, and we're doing the show that runs at the same time, which is really frustrating in Vegas. And I'm not sure what Hannah's decided after that yet, but uh, she's a boss, so she gotcha. makes those decisions. But definitely, yeah, if yeah. you're at one of those shows, take a look at the at the Spartan booth. So for sure. th there'll be people with them with the gear as well, you know. Hmm. So it's uh, there's other companies out there that are using the stuff, so it's good to see. But yeah, awesome, man. Well, it's uh, always a pleasure to have you in here, man. We've uh, we missed you the last couple of years. Missed so. you guys too, and yeah. thanks very much for the invite. And always love coming by and seeing you guys. All right, sounds good. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about? I, I'm I'm covered off. Unless there's anything else you anything? want to add, David. I'm just really impressed with the quality. Um, I mean, coming from my background in photography, I just like I've used a lot of the top brands yeah. for tripods and things, and these these have uh, higher quality components. Um, you know the accessories that go with everything and i'm just really impressed no it's good i mean I, ellen's selling these through the leica stores in the uk and france now so they picked it up and you buy a leica camera you it's a it's a work of engineering art so yeah pretty pretty happy with that and that's a great compliment for me to take home to the team but we try uh, it's yeah. it's sleek too it just it looks good yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, sexy like a nice sort of car or something. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it <does. laughs> Just that car, but it does it to you. Yeah, yeah yep. it does for sure. Well, cool, man. Yeah, we'll keep in touch with you, Mr. G. And yep, you guys should go follow along with his, his travels and adventures. And um, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Brilliant. Thanks very much for the time, boys. Thanks, Mr. G.